How are you? My name's Jamie, and I've got the mic. Uh. So, um, we're on part four already, flying through this series. Quick reminder, the series title is Outgrown. And the idea is something like this. There are things that we really had hoped that we would have outgrown by now. You know, it's so frustrating that we keep falling into the same ditches. Maybe it's just me. Give me a wave. It's so frustrating we keep rising to the same provocations. We keep succumbing to the same vulnerabilities. You know, we know the theory. We've heard the sermons. Oh, so many sermons. You know, we've experienced the consequences. We vowed that it wouldn't get us next time. You know, for me, I'm grateful for all God has done. And I'm sure I've come a long way. But I remain frustrated. It's not that I fail every time. It's not that I'm still right back at the very beginning. But you know what? I know better. I know God's way works. I know the truth. I know his promises. I memorize them. King James. I have faith. I understand grace and forgiveness. But I still stumble. And it's frustrating. So on the screen any second now, Steve, is, is my list of six areas that I reckon we'd all have loved to outgrown by now. Number one was anxiety, covered that a couple of weeks ago. Number two, self-reliance. Emily did a fantastic job with that last week. Insightful and compelling and helpful. Today we're on carnality. Three next week on insecurity. And then two more to go after that and it'll be Easter. Which means today we're looking at carnality. You know, in essence, this is, this is the whole series, all the theory wrapped together in a nutshell. And my plan this morning is to, is to highlight the issue. And it's one that we all face all day long. Fortunately, Paul the Apostle wrote about this extensively. He's covered it in most of his letters. And then the aim is to, is to dig a little bit deeper into how it affects us, that's you and me, on a recurring basis. So, to kick off, Paul used several descriptive pairs to contrast different levels of spiritual maturity. The first, and perhaps the obvious ones, is spiritual babies and spiritual grown-ups. So we have verses like 1 Corinthians 13, 11, which says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. When I grew up, the expectation is that we will grow up. He says, I put away childish things. Second pair it is natural versus spiritual. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15, actually covered by this whole chapter, says a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually Discerned. 
But the one who is spiritual discerns all things. And then the third and final pair is carnal and spiritual. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now the passage, Romans 8, verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh, in other words, the carnal, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Versions say carnality is hostile to God. Okay, so guess which of each of those pairs God wants you to be. You figured that out? Guess in which direction he is trying to take you. And then guess what the enemy's agenda is for you. So the idea then is, is that we start as babies. Get my body language right. Start as babies, but God wants to take us on a journey into adulthood. What we start off Natural. That, that means led by what the natural senses tell us, what the, what the world teaches us, how our experiences and our hurts have shaped us. We start off natural, but God wants us to become spiritual, led by what the Word says, by what the heart of God feels and where the Holy Spirit prompts. And then pair number three, we, we start off carnal. Greek word is sarkikos. I love that word. Literally, that means flesh ruled. It means selfish. It means controlled by our appetites and our desires and our lusts. In other words, impulsive and emotional, overreactive, fearful, defensive. Those parts of of the old human nature that have not yet been transformed and renewed by the power of God. So we start off carnal, but God wants us to become spiritual, pneumaticos. He wants us to become spiritually aware, spiritually sensitive, spiritually oriented and spirit-led. He wants us to lean on the spirit before the flesh because we are filled and molded and governed by the spirit of God. Because we are aligned with and submitted to and renewed by the word of God. And so the repeated New Testament message is this. Sarkikos needs to be taken off. It needs to be 
put to death. It needs to be crucified. Whereas pneumaticos needs to be put on. It needs to be embraced. It needs to be matured into. Flesh must be starved. Flesh must be suffocated. But spirit should be fed and spirit should be exercised. Here comes the Apostle Paul. I told you that he covered this extensively. Colossians 3, chapter 5 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your old earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And the down in verse 8, But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. One more, Galatians chapter 5. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful carnal nature to his cross and crucified them there. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So do you not know what? We know the theory. When we, when we first received Christ, if we're honest, that there was still much to be done, much to be redeemed and to be renewed and to be transformed. There were rough edges to be smoothed. There were wounds to be healed. There were character traits to be pruned. And you know what? God is taking us all on that journey of maturity from Sarkikos into Pneumatikos. And the aim ultimately is for us to outgrow carnality and become spiritually mature. So to dig this a little deeper, I thought it would be helpful to look at a few other distinctions between carnal on one side and spiritual on the other, to, to look and see where, where it is that carnality drives us and where spirit leads us. As I go through this list, you, you might recognize some of the tensions. In some cases, you might find, find or feel yourself tugged between the two. And it's quite a lengthy list. I like it. It's quite a lengthy list, so I won't comment much. We'll just fire through them. So you ready? Buckle up. There's 17 on this list. It's a long list. They're on the back of your handouts. Number one is carnality. This is the, the essence, the summary of it, really. Carnality reacts to what the natural senses tell you. But spirituality listens instead to the spiritual senses. What do I mean by that? that, that it's your conscience... It's your intuition, those internal voices. It's the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. It's the still, small voice. 
Number two, again, the essence really, carnality defaults to the old way, to who Paul called the old man, to your, to your old bad habits, where spirituality has been retrained into the new way, into the new man and new habits. Number three, this is where it starts getting fun. Number three, carnality leaps, spirituality waits. Do you know what I mean by that? Carnality is when it's rising up on the inside of you and jumping up and down and shouting at you and you're getting a bit angry and getting a bit fearful and it kind of leaps and shouts and jumps. Whereas the spirituality stills all that, just waits, waits and sees what God is going to birth through his spirit from the inside. Number four, carnality assumes, spirit listens. I love that. I could go into these in more detail. Maybe one day I will. Number five, carnality complains, spirituality serves. Think about that one. Number six, carnality is prone to explode, but spirituality is quick to pray. See the difference? Number seven, carnality tends to give undue influence to negative, unhealthy emotions. We will have those. Whereas spirituality gives primary influence to the leading and the constraining of the Holy Spirit. Number eight, carnality has worldly knowledge. Spirituality has biblical wisdom. In fact, if I was feeling a bit risque, I might be tempted to say that carnality has biblical knowledge, but spirituality has biblical wisdom. That would be a bit naughty, so I'm not going to do that in public. <laughs> Number nine, this one's a really good one, I think. Carnality needs me to win. You know that feeling? Carnality needs me to win. Spirituality is so much more mature than that. Spirituality wants everyone to win. And so it does the waiting and it does the listening and it does the praying because it recognizes if we can get through this explosion right at the start, then there is a win in it because we know that God works all things together for good. That means for you and for me and for them. Number 10, carnality sees through selfish eyes, spirituality through God's eyes. Number 11, carnality judges by the outward appearance. But spirituality discerns the heart. This is a good list, isn't it? Is it just me that likes this? Perhaps it is. If it is human me, I'll be nearly done in a minute. Number 12, and this is another good one. Carnality gets caught up in the moment. But spirituality sees the bigger picture. It sees the long-term wins. Number 13, carnality values material comfort over godly fruitfulness. Blow the outcomes, blow where this is going. I just want to feel good right now. Spirituality, however, values obedience over self-interest. Number 14, obvious one, I think carnality is fear-ruled. Spirituality is faith ruled. Number 15, spirituality instinctively submits to God and therefore honors all godly or God-given authority. 
Carnality instinctively, instinctively resists God and therefore dishonors and rebels against God-given authority. Number 16, have to listen to this carefully. Spirituality knows God's voice and responds to it. Carnality doesn't know the enemy's voice and responds to it. And that leads to my last one, which is the carnal unwittingly let the enemy play them like a fiddle. Whereas the spiritual recognize the enemy's agenda and slam that door shut. Now, I know that's quite a meaty list. Each one is probably a sermon in itself. I think there's some great material in there for Connect Group this week. And the full list is on the back of the handouts because I knew I was going to go through it so fast you wouldn't have time to fill it in. But I reckon one of the good things about that list is it, it gives you a really helpful idea of where God is trying to take you. Incidentally, refreshing tonight. I'm going to dig into that a little bit more as well. Okay, so I realize I've thrown a whole bunch of theory at you so far. I apologize for that. But let's bring, bring it right back into the, the, this context of this series. I think it's probably fair to say that we're all trying to outgrow the influence and the tug of carnality. Why? Because amongst, amongst many reasons, it's usually frustrating and it's potentially damaging every time we blow it. As Paul wrote in Galatians 6, verse 7, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And we know from experience, if we sow good and positive and faithful and helpful and healthy seed, we get good fruit, good outcomes. And if we don't and we respond to that internal anger and frustration and fear, whatever it may be, that rises up and we sow that seed, we know that the outcomes are very, very different. Paul writes in verse 8, it says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And we can all probably think back to, to numerous occasions when we let those carnal urges win. All, all those incidents in the past that you regret... This is probably why. The principle, as Paul explains in Galatians 6, is simple. Carnal seed produces the fruit of corruption, destruction, and sin, complexity, relational breakdown, disappointment, and shame, and frustration. But, but spirit seed produces a, a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of life and, and hope and grace and wisdom and blessing and fruitfulness. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you three leading questions. This is where we're headed. That, that I think will help you. If, you. if you can ask these questions each time, it'll help you to make the choice for spiritual over carnal each time. So when the squeeze comes, 
when, when that confrontation is lined up, when, when crisis strikes, ask yourself these helpful questions. I think there's three. Number one, question number one is who is pulling your strings? I got in my head the picture of one of those old string puppet things you had when you were a kid, if you're as old as me. I could ask it like this, who or what is driving that, that instinctive and habitual and, and default reaction? Where'd that come from? Who, who or what is making these big decisions for you? Who is, as it were, pulling your strings? And you know what? As always, awareness is key. As we often say, once you can see it, you can start to deal with it. When you can distinguish the influences, you're far more likely to listen to the, the right one. Once the respective agendas, spirit, flesh, God, the enemy, once the respective agendas have been exposed, it's much easier to choose to follow the wise one. So who's pulling your strings? In that crunch moment, who is pulling your strings? Much we could say. But, but just quickly, what are the clues? Here we go. Clue number one. Is, is it trying to pull you towards God or away? How many times in life do you go, rat, I wish I'd stopped and asked myself that question. If I'd asked myself that question and got it right, I would not have fallen into that ditch and I would not have got myself into that mess. Is it pulling me towards God or away? Is it pulling us into biblical wisdom, which I think we know what that is, or is it pulling us away? Is it pulling us towards holiness or is it driving us away? Is it pulling us towards grace and towards relationship? Or is it pulling us into discord and into disunity? So here's the advice. But, but, but before you leap, carnality wants you to leap. Before you leap, press pause, breathe deeply, Retreat to pray. Stop and take time to ask right now, who is trying to pull those strings? What is demanding attention? Where does this course of action almost certainly lead if I follow it to its likely end? And then choose pneumaticos. Choose grace and choose kindness and choose wisdom and reject sarkikos, reject anger and reject fear and reject impetuosity. Which leads to my second question. In that crunch moment, the second question you should ask yourself is this. How good are you at recognizing which voice is shouting at you and the clue is in the word shouting. You know, it's key, isn't it? The, the ability to distinguish between the voice of flesh, 
voice of anger and fear and frustration and insecurity, as opposed to the calm and wise and inspired voice of your Holy Spirit-filled heart. Can you distinguish between those two at that crucial juncture? Here's an important point that I want you to get, and this will be an encouragement to everyone. It's not that the spiritually mature have no carnality. It's not that they've got it all sorted. It's not that they have now become perfect. It's just that they've chosen not to give that carnality a voice. That They've learned to, here's the word, they've learned to ignore it. So the spiritual have, have learned to handle with, with caution and with, with, with wisdom the first thought that jumps into their head and the first negative emotion that grips their heart and the loudest, most demanding voice that is shouting at them. And instead, they have learned to give leadership to the whispering witness of the Holy Spirit, to, to, to the wisdom that comes from that word-filled heart. Again, before you leap, stop to ask, whose voice is this? Where has it come from? Where, where is it trying to lead me? What agenda is it pushing? And should I therefore be listening or should I be rejecting? The number three, we're nearly done. Number three is, from which well are you drawing? Which well are you drawing? For, for me, this is the climax of the message, I think. You know, if the Lord wants us to, to mature from carnal to spiritual, from flesh rules to Holy Spirit led, here's the good news. God has given us all we need. He has. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have, as we've learned, been clothed with power from on high. We have the wisdom of his word. We have the check of his spirit, if you learn to hear it. And we have, of course, the perfect example of Jesus. We just have to learn, if we want to be spiritual rather than carnal, we just have to learn to draw from the right well. We just have to learn to go to the right source, to lean, if you like, on the right influence. A couple of verses, Isaiah 58, verse 11. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. John 4, verse 13. Everyone who drinks this water, Jesus talking to the woman at the well, Whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I mean, Paul said, didn't he? He said, we have the mind of Christ. Now, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Anyone can ask for wisdom when they need it. His grace is all you need. We just need to be retrained. To, to unlearn the old ways of carnality 
and to relearn the new ways of spirituality. Led no longer by impulse or impetuosity or by flesh and fear, but drawing instead from the deep well of Holy Spirit love and grace and wisdom that now resides inside of your heart. Okay, so how do we respond to all that? Two possible responses this morning, they're connected. The first one is a simple acknowledgement, really. And I suspect if you don't acknowledge this one, you're probably being dishonest with yourself. This, we're all in this boat, folks. Every single one of us, we have, some have had more successes, more failures, but we all live here. Response number one is to acknowledge that I am carnal more often than I'd like. And if that's the case, and if you're honest enough to admit that, I'd pray a dangerous prayer. And the dangerous prayer goes something like this. You've heard it before. It goes this, Lord, please do in me whatever you need to do so that you're able then to do through me whatever it is you want to do. Do it in me so you can do it through me. Why? Because I, I, I really want to outgrow carnality. Maybe it's just me. I really want to outgrow and I want to learn to follow a different voice. I want to learn to, to regularly draw from the right well. And I want it to be God, the Holy Spirit, who is pulling my strings. So pray something like this. Lord, teach me your ways. Lord, show me your heart. Lord, renew my mind until I become a spiritual person, a spiritual man, a spiritual woman, transformed into the image of Christ. That's number one. Potential response number one is to acknowledge, you know what, I am more carnal, more often than I would like, and Lord, I'd like to get to the bottom of this. And then response number two is this. In the situation I am currently facing, or in that scenario that just gets me over and over and over again, what does it mean to be carnal? What does it mean to be spiritual? How do I make sure in that situation, that scenario, that the seed that I sow is spiritual seed? It's wise and it's gracious and it's kind and it's positive as opposed to sowing seed that is carnal and selfish and angry and defensive and unholy and foolish. So, so the first response there really is about our overall heart attitude. I'm a firm believer in giving my heart to the Lord as often as I possibly can. But response number two is, is really a prayer for situational wisdom. What does it look like then to be spiritual rather than carnal? Because I know that those two seeds produce very different harvests. Okay, that's the challenge. So worship team, if you'd like to come forward, please. That would be great. I do realize that does include me. So I'm heading that way too. Um, what we're going to do is, basically, we've done really well for time today. 
We've got strength, the presence of God, no messing around. It's fantastic. So we've got a little bit of time. Uh, Emma's going to come and lead us in a couple of songs that will just speak into this kind of area. And, and we're going to be heading this way tonight a bit as well. And, and we've got some space for, for two things, really. On, on, on one hand, on this side, if you'd like prayer ministry, then we've got a team that would be happy, honoured, delighted to pray for you, pray over you. In fact, I was talking to Alison last week and she just wanted me to share, I think, that you know, some really, really encouraging, wonderful things have been happening in that prayer corner. You know, obviously we've stirred it up with, with words of wisdom and, and knowledge and praying for healing. And, and this series is really open and apt, I think, for response. But just to say, there's good stuff happening. You know, we'd encourage you to go if you've got any burden or any need or whatever it is you want. If you need prayer for healing or situations in your life, then please come and our prayer team would love, be honoured to pray over you. That'll be over this side here. And then over this side here, this is where you do business with God. This is kind of the personal side. No one's going to come and pray for you this side. But I realise that in a message like this, the danger is that naughty Jamie at the front is poking a few raw nerves and exposing a few things. And, and hopefully the Holy Spirit is whispering in your ears saying, my son, my daughter, I, just, I want to pick you up. I want to bind you together. I want to lead you on. I want to grow you. I want to mature you. Those frustrations that you've experienced, I want you to leave those behind. And so the best thing you can do is, is do business with God. Get on knees, pray those dangerous prayers. Give them to him. Say, Lord, how can I handle this situation differently? So rather marching around that mountain again and again and again and falling into that pothole, that ditch again and again and again, I can have the victory and I can have the breakthrough that I long to have. So if that's you, then I'd encourage you to come over this side, come to the front, no one will pray with you, and you can do business with God. Okay, stop, Jamie. I'm done.